Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Phillies Focus Pod. On today's show, I will be recapping a 4-1 and one last week by the Phillies, Bryce Harper's ejection on Sunday, a few injury updates to Phillies pitching, and a very hot stretch by Sir Anthony Dominguez, as well as a quarter-season check-in on the team standings. So without further ado, let's get this started. Interestingly, Pete Rose used to use a uh, a bat that was manufactured in, ja- in Japan, the Mizuno bat. When I was bat boy for the Phillies, and it was oh, really? the hardest wood I had ever touched. Okay, all right. So I um I predicted last week correctly. So that went well. I uh, said we sweep the Blue Jays in the short two-game series and take two out of three from the Rockies. So successful week. We went four and one. Um, starting on Tuesday, won eight to four over Toronto. A, a nice uh, offensive showing. Cassianos hit a home run in that game. On Wednesday uh, was a really nice come from behind win. Won two to one in the tenth inning. We. Uh, we were down one nothing going into the bottom ninth, and we're able to tie it to force extras, and we won it on a what should have been a double play hit ball by Bryce Harper, but they uh, they had a throwing error through wide of uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. at first base, so that ended up scoring the winning run. So it was nice to uh, kind of steal that one after. You know, not uh, not scoring for the first eight innings of the game, and um, had an off day on Thursday, and went to Colorado for a three game series at uh, Coors Field. One on Friday, six to three. Um, Bryce Harper had a big eighth inning double that gave the Phillies the lead, in which it would stay. And then on uh, Saturday, they won seven to four. The return of Ranger Suarez was uh, was so great to see him back. Um, just kind of eased in back into the majors. Uh, went four innings, gave up three runs, and um, Bryce Harper had a home run on Saturday. Then came Sunday and uh, snapped the five-game winning streak by the Phils. They got shut out, lost 0-4. to Excuse me. And uh, Bryce Harper, the... Well, Aaron Nola, first uh, and foremost, dropped to 3-3 three and three on the year. Didn't have a bad uh, outing. He went seven innings, gave up three runs, um, kept him in it, but they they didn't get, get him any run support, obviously. Um, let's see. Thompson got ejected in the game following, um, following Thompson's ejection. Bryce Harper got ejected for trying to start a... Uh, or charging the bench, uh, or the yeah, the bench of uh, Colorado after relie- middle reliever Bird um, shouted towards the Phillies bench uh, or dugout, I should say, after uh, squeezing out of an inning after not pitching very well, but got a double play ball and a, a fly out to left field and kind of motion to the Phillies dugout after getting out of the inning and that. Um, Clearly offended Harper as he uh, charged then Bird and had some uh, some pretty intense things to say. I think he was. I saw on Twitter he was quoted as saying, um, 
what was it? Uh, you're a loser fucking organization to the uh, Rockies dugout. I um, I hated the whole thing. I mean, a lot of things I was reading were was that uh, most Philly fans absolutely loved it, you know, setting a tone, this and that. But, um, yeah, I mean, considering Harper's delicacy with his uh, elbow injury and, you know, to be trying to start a literal fight and then um I just thought it was a classless act by Harper with to uh say to the Rockies your your whole fucking team is a, a loser fucking organization this and that in the heat of the moment um yeah I don't know the whole thing just kind of annoyed me and it was a very annoying Sunday in uh Philadelphia sports as a whole is obviously the um the Sixers got swept or not swept but blown out in Boston for Game 7, and then Philly's got shut out, the the Harper thing with getting uh, irritated, and he had some really annoying uh, kind of Bryce Harperisms after the game with uh, puns on, like I said, the middle reliever's name is Bird, and um, he had some terrible puns regarding his last name, making Bird references, which is, um, yeah, it just kind of, Kind of just added on to the whole thing, but um, yeah, all in all, it, it was cool. Uh, Real Muto and Taiwan Walker uh, were right behind Harper, had his back, had some things to say, and um, whole thing just kind of got out of hand, and then Phillies uh, didn't end up scoring, like I said, and, um, and that was kind of that. Uh, not much else to report from Sunday's um, loss, and... But all in all, very successful week. Went four and one to improve to twenty and twenty through the unofficial quarter mark of the season. Um, yeah, uh, could be way worse right now for the Phillies, considering their ups and downs, the roller coaster of the year it's been already. In typical Phillies fashion, um, you know, have left some things to be desired, but have overachieved and certain other areas and have had some nice come from behind victories um you know blew a couple had some their run differential obviously would be way better if not for um that early or beginning of the year start against the rangers and then that dodger series which they were i think i said uh last week they were outscored 36 to 12 uh when they were in LA so other than that if you remove a couple really bad losses um a couple bad bullpen outings a couple bad innings from Nola and some starts where Walker couldn't uh command uh to save his life couldn't throw a strike and um other than that you know they they played uh pretty pretty decent considering all the injuries and all the ups and downs and um yeah, if this season ended right now, they would actually. I was shocked to look at the st- look up the standings today. They would be in the playoffs. They would have that third wild card spot. Um, they're one of only six teams in the National League that is not under five hundred. So, you know, they uh, they haven't played their best, but neither has most of their league, and they're real. They're only five games behind the Braves right now. Um, in the division, the Braves have actually shockingly lost five in a row. Um, so yeah, they're second in their division, and they they only trail right now the Diamondbacks and the the Pirates in terms of wild card p- 
positioning. Um, so yeah, things could be a hell of a lot worse right now. Um, they seem to be heading in the right direction again after losing six in a row, and then they win five in a row. Typical, typical Phillies. And uh, yeah, I think that moving forward, there's a lot of things trending in the right direction. Um, let's see. So the starting starting pitching, I was actually surprised has um, one of the better FIPs right now in baseball fielding fielding independent pitching. Um, things you can control like uh, walk strikeouts and home runs. Uh, they have one of the better strikeout rates in baseball, and I was actually really surprised in spite of. Wheeler walking more batters than normal to start the year as well as Nola and as well as Taiwan Walker um, just walking way too many batters in the first handful of starts. Uh, they have a top 10 walk rate in baseball as far as their starting pitching. I was very surprised in that, and that uh, that should only continue to improve as the season goes on. Um, so, yeah, they have the third largest difference between FIP and ERA at almost a run difference. Uh, their FIP is 383, and their ERA is a very high 477. So what that speaks to is there should be regression uh, to the norm, meaning that they're, uh, they've just been getting pretty unlucky in terms of uh, their batting average on balls in play is... Uh, Nearly 300, so it's kind of right in the middle of the pack. So that's not anything um, that shouldn't be unsustainable. But their uh, their ERA, as the season moves on, should definitely be dropping, especially with the addition of uh, Ranger Suarez, as I mentioned earlier. Um, it's huge to get him back. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like I was I was really talking a lot about stolen bases on last week's episode and my uh, overall disappointment in their uh, their lack of aggression on the base pass so far. And then right after my show last week, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I kind of have a little bug right now that's keeping me uh, or my I've been coughing a lot. But uh, anyway. Yeah, right after my episode last week, um, Matt Gelb of The Athletic did, dropped an article on stolen bases. And uh, one of the things I said I was going to look into was whether or not Trey Turner's um, slow start to stealing bases in the month of April and May was consistent historically with his uh, with this year, uh, his first year with the Phillies. And it, it turns out it is. He usually, I think last year at this time, he only had seven stolen bases. Um, so he's just, and the year before that, I think was six. Um, so he kind of usually eases up into the year and he's picking his spots and, um, things of that nature. There was a, the article stated that Thompson has been less aggressive, um, when trailing, um, he likes to try to add on runs when they have the lead, but he's weary of giving away outs when they're trying to play catch-up, um, which they've been in a lot of games so far early on. Um, so they did end up stealing five bases um, this past week in five games. Uh, Turner did get one more. Um, so progress, progress. It does seem like as the season goes on, they're going to 
be more aggressive and, and get back more into the uh, top half of the league in terms of stolen bases. Um, so that is a positive from this past week. Let's see what else. So Sir Anthony Dominguez, I, I think I touched base two episodes ago, but um, he's just been on fire after a really uh, poor start in the first handful of games to start the year in the uh, – he hasn't allowed a run in his last 12 outings. Um, only two walks, 14 strikeouts. Um, so he's looking like the Sir Anthony that came back to form last season and was uh, red hot in the playoffs last year. So we have another very, very uh, strong arm to uh, end the games as well as Alvarado, whose uh, ERA I think was before he went on the IL, which I'll touch on in a second. Um, ERA was well under one, so he's just been on fire too. So between him and Sir Anthony at the end, and then Craig Kimbrell, is, like I said, he's one of those guys that has had uh, just some really bad outings that have inflated his numbers negatively. But other than that, he's had some pretty decent outings. He's... Uh, I think he's getting close to the 400 save mark. I think he's at 398. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But overall, like I mentioned uh, a few times on this podcast, much or much rather would have uh, given Kimbrell's contract to David Robertson, who's pitching uh, really well for the Mets this year. Um, so that's always going to kind of annoy me. But hopefully towards the end of the year we will um, – you know, have a better idea, or it, things will look better trending on Kimbrel's end, but it's not what happened last year with the Dodgers, like I already said a few times, didn't make the Dodgers postseason roster, so I don't trust Kimbrel, I do trust Sir Anthony, I do trust Alvarado, uh, Gregory Soto, um, in his last 12 outings, if you just remove that one really bad outing um, out in L.A. against the Dodgers. He hasn't allowed a run in 11 of his last 12 outings. Um, so he's been pitching very well as well. Um, so I do trust him. I still don't exactly trust his command um, to the degree that I do, Sir Anthony and Jose. But as the season goes on, hopefully um, that's something that Cotham and the Phillies pitching uh coaching staff I should say um can help to hone in so I do I, I definitely trust Soto more than I trust Kimbrell um and then Brogdon has been super super good in a longer inning role as well he's actually starting later tonight against San Francisco it's going to be a bullpen game um to stretch out the starting rotation a little bit and um now that we got Strom in the bullpen, I I certainly trust him um, in the later innings or in, you know, to stretch out at, if our uh, starter gets pulled early. So things are really trending upwards all around. We're finally healthy. Got our full lineup now with Bryce Harper. Got our full uh, pitching staff with Ranger Suarez and... Yeah, which brings me to some injury updates. So after after uh, my episode last week, it, news came out that Jose Alvarado was being shut down and put on the 15-day IL. 
due to some um, elbow soreness. So Thompson sounded a little bit concerned, said it wasn't anything too much to worry about, but obviously with how well Alvarado's been pitching and his status as the Phillies' best reliever, he said obviously there was some concern um, moving forward with his injury, but all in all it sounded more precautionary than anything. And uh, so it came out today that his MRI... MRI was negative, um, so great news there. He, the Phillies said that he will be throwing this week, um, starting up his throwing program. He is eligible to return on May 23rd, which looks like a, uh, a possible return date at this point from what I'm reading. Um, if not then, probably within that same week. Um, so he shouldn't be out too much longer. Um, guys have been ste- stepping up in the meantime, but yeah, with how well he's been pitching and it really looks like numbers wise and dominance wise that he has been the best reliever in baseball, which I touched base on a little bit, um, towards the beginning of the year, just the mental, uh, fortitude that he's been able to show after giving up was it what essentially was the, the game winning game six home run to, uh, Alvarez in the um in Houston last year just that absolute monster shot to center field just there's a lot of players in sports that that could have uh really derailed their their uh following season and ultimately their career I mean you look at different guys in different sports who had really um mentally deflating uh plays that ended up causing their team huge losses look at uh Nick Anderson for the Magic uh that year they went to the finals missed the two big free throws in a potential uh spot that could have won the team the game and just was never the same for the rest of his NBA career after that um I'm trying to think of other scenarios off the top of my head but um yeah, we all know those players that, uh, you know, it gets in their head mentally and they're just never able to be the same. So, like, it's definitely something that had the potential with uh, Alvarado after that huge home run given up last year. And so far it's been the complete antithesis of uh, in terms of whether or not he was going to go backwards. He's just taken it, he's learned from it, and he's come out all the better because of it so far um let's hope we all know he'll he'll hit some rough uh stretches throughout the long MLB season but um you know let's just let's hope that even if we get you know a fragment of what he's been so far we're still getting a a far above average uh left-handed relief pitcher going forward so again he seems like such a great dude um really good article on him and kind of uh what started his turnaround last year when he got demoted to the minors uh uh his struggles with mental health his struggles on family members and friends taking advantage of him financially and his battle on trying to find peace through his own um his own battle with mental health so it really made me empathize with him and just like him a lot more even as a person uh, or like him a lot more as a person 
um, getting to know him and his kind of background a little bit. So he's a very easy guy to root for and um, just have been thrilled watching him pitch this year. Just it's kind of that one home run given up to uh, Jorge Solar that ended up costing the game versus Miami. But other than that, has just been completely lights out. I uh, I believe that when he went to the IL, um, was at 24 strikeouts, zero walks, and that just totally blows my mind. I mean, think of the Jose Alvarado that we first got from Tampa Bay in the um, in the COVID year, and then 2021, like. You never knew what you were going to get with that guy when he came in. And then uh, as far as command issues and um, getting in his own head with runners on base, and it's like just a total polar opposite um, player since then. So I would love to uh, to know his mental health coach that he keeps secret, uh, won't tell the name of um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of players you think could benefit from it, but obviously something just just clicked with him. Whatever, whatever changed as far as his demeanor and his uh, his mental thinking has uh, has just totally clicked. He uh, he has such a different demeanor when he's on the mound now. And so, long winded way of saying, uh, thankfully, doesn't seem like any type of serious injury, and we should have him back. Um, Sometime next week, it looks like. Um, so Andrew Painter, um, haven't heard much about him. Has just been totally shut down. Uh, I think he started out like 30-foot catching, moved to 60-foot, moved to 90-foot, and now he's up to 120, 120 feet um, in terms of just throwing catch. So it's progressing in the right direction. Rob Thompson um, last week said there have been no setbacks. Um which is very uh, encouraging. And then Phillies have also said that he will start pitching off of a flat mound this week. Um, so very encouraging there. I mean, this whole thing, um, as the Phillies have been treading water to start, like I said, they're holding down that sixth spot in the uh, in the wild card standings. Um his whole injury to Painter to start the year, keeping him out of the rotation, it's very possible it could end up being a blessing in disguise. I mean, he never threw more than 103 innings uh, in his professional career. I mean, uh, last year was his first full year um, pitching in the minors, and he accumulated, I think it was just over 103 innings pitched, which was... Um, obviously his most as a 19 year old so there were going to always be issues had he come out as the fifth starter um with uh reaching an innings limit for the year so theoretically if we get him possibly uh in the rotation come mid late july that uh he should be nice and fresh and provide a boost as a as a fifth starter heading down a stretch in which we should be battling for a wild card spot. Um, so everything could work out just just perfectly if it uh, there continues to be no setbacks and he progresses as the Phillies are hoping, um, which would be just absolutely awesome to, uh, to get him in um, heading down the stretch. And then as far as service time, that's going to extend his arbitration another year, saving the Phillies potentially um, 
some money moving forward uh, in terms of a luxury tax hit uh, and things of that nature. So um, semi-good news for Andrew Painter. Still not a ton uh, to report there, but I mean moving up an extra 30 feet for catch and then throwing off of a flat mound, things are very much heading in the right direction. And personally, I'm thinking... um, mid to late July or right around all-star break post all-star break we might be seeing him make his debut so that'll be obviously very exciting and something to to keep tabs on moving forward um so yeah I think uh not a whole lot more to update on this week uh Taiwan Walker's been a hell of a lot better Lately, he has not been walking the batters that he was having such trouble with early on. I keep hearing Fransky say on the radio broadcast that his uh, philosophy the last few starts has been throw the splitter just right, right down the middle and let the uh, let the pitch do its work once it gets uh, over the plate. It's kind of just dropping out at the very end, and he's had a lot more whiffs in the last two games than he has um in the first handful of starts, which has been really nice. Now, they were attributing a lot of the extra movement on his splitter and on his um, his uh, changeup, I believe, um, due to the uh, the elevation in Colorado because his last start was at Coors Field. Um, they say the uh, the thin air due to the elevation causes the ball to do a lot. Um, more weird things than than in other traditional altitudes and which brings me I believe Coors Field is right around 7,000 feet above sea level and uh so the the MLB was doing their international series I think two weekends ago and the uh the Padres played the Giants in Mexico City and I had no idea how high up Mexico City was but it was uh I think almost 12,000 feet above sea level so a good four to five thousand feet higher than Coors Field and uh, I think they in the first game of that series first or second they hit um, the second most home runs ever I think they hit like uh, 12 roughly right around 12 home runs accumulatively uh, throughout the game for both teams and uh, the ball was just going all over the place so it's like when you think of Coors Field, think of it almost times two. And uh, that's what happened down in Mexico City. So I just thought that was kind of really interesting. I didn't get to watch the game, but just reading about it and watching highlights, it looked like um, an all-star game almost, or batting practice game, I should say. Um, so, yeah. We'll do a third, um, let's do the third iteration of the Philly, former Philly focus. Um, three weeks ago, I did David Robertson, who's having a hell of a year for the Mets. And last year week, I did Zach Eflin, having a really nice start to his year down in Tampa Bay for the uh, the Rays, who are killing it so far. And kind of rewinding the clock a little bit on this one, um, going back a few more years uh, to J.P. Crawford, former Phillies highly touted prospect and um, shortstop and who was supposed to be a defensive savant and he did win a gold glove in Seattle but since then um, 
hasn't been anything spectacular uh, on the defensive end, but his uh, his offense has been pretty decent through the uh, at a half season poll last year for AL MVP. He did finish five as far as uh, baseball writers of America. Um, he kind of tailed off in the second half of the year, but so far this year he um, he's playing pretty good for Seattle. Pretty. Uh, above adequate I think is OPS plus is around 109 so a good nine points higher than the MLB average he's uh he has eight doubles already this year um something that's been a good evolution for him throughout his career has been his uh strikeout to walk ratio so far this year he has 25 walks to only 29 strikeouts so um, really good plate discipline, discipline. Um, really good on base percentage this year due to that high walk rate. He's at three seventy nine uh, on base percentage, and he is already uh, just a quarter through the season at a one point four wins above replacement. Um, so J P Crawford uh, playing really good shortstop out there in Seattle. Um, I forget. I guess that was the Gene Segura trade, I believe. Um, if I remember right, I'll have to look that up, what we ended up getting for J.P. Crawford. Um, and Gene Segura, while I'm at it, uh, is just playing horrendous uh, down in Miami so far to start the year. They moved him to third base. Um, I forget who to make room for because they moved Chisholm out to center fielder. Or out 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 to center field, but yeah, Gene Segura, another former Philly focus, uh, not playing well at all uh, to start the year. So Trey Turner's leaving a lot to desire, but at least uh, at least who he essentially replaced in the lineup and moving Stott to second base, we uh, definitely upgraded in terms of this year's production, um, which is obviously to be expected. So. Um, that's all I got for today, just keeping it kind of lighter. Uh, didn't have a whole lot to report. I will be back next week. Um, so to end the show, let's look forward. We're in San Francisco for the next three games before an off day on Thursday. Uh, late games tonight and tomorrow on Tuesday. And I believe we have a mid-afternoon game on Wednesday. So tonight, as I already mentioned, bullpen game with Connor Brogdon starting. Tomorrow, we got Zach Wheeler back on the mound and then Taiwan Walker to try to continue his uh, quality stretch of, of outings. Off day on Thursday, and then we welcome the um, what was a hot start in the beginning of the year have been kind of fading off a little bit. Chicago Cubs to Citizens Bank Park for a three-game series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So prediction time. Let's see. Hmm. I do face a couple lefties against San Francisco. Uh, trying to get back above 500 for the first time since going 15 and 13, then losing six straight. I don't have a great feeling uh, for the visit to San Francisco. Um, my my heart is telling me we win the series two to one. My brain is saying we lose it one to two. I'm going to say we win. We win 2-1 uh, to one against San Francisco to go to 22-21. and 21. 
And then I think we lose two out of three at home against the Cubs, who have uh, their starting pitching has, has been playing pretty well so far to start the year. Um, so all in all, that would make us two and two and two. No, what did I say? Two out of three, three and three for the week to stay at five hundred twenty-three and twenty-three. Um, Hopefully I'm wrong and we win both series. That would be nice. Go to 24 and 22. Um, But time will tell. We shall see. So, as always, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening and supporting. I will be starting a Twitter page for the podcast, hopefully this week. Um, I will have updates on that next week. And, um, yeah, again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the late games on the West Coast tonight and tomorrow. And I will be back next week for more Billy's updates. Alrighty. Thank you all again. Take care.